Welcome to the St. James Parish Podcast. Enjoy sermons, lectures, and special presentations from St. James Episcopal Parish in Wilmington, North Carolina. Curious about what else St. James has to offer? Visit our website, linked in the show notes, to learn more. When we read through the Gospels, we come to see that Jesus Christ regularly talked about salvation and about love And he did so in very different contexts to very different groups of people and in very different ways. Sometimes Jesus was kind of hard to understand, sometimes less so. Sometimes he told stories, sometimes he spoke in parables. I don't think we'll find another place in all of the Gospels, though, where Jesus is more clear and specific about how we are expected to love one another than today. If, as they say, the good news of Jesus is supposed to comfort the afflicted and afflict the comfortable, then I believe today should make us ponder and even feel a bit of discomfort, and rightly so. Because here in our gospel today, Jesus separates humanity into two specific groups, the sheep and the goats. The sheep go to his right hand, and they are declared blessed by their father. They inherit the kingdom prepared for them since the foundations of the world The goats, on the other hand, well, things don't work out well for them at all. And I suspect that every person sitting with Jesus that day asked themselves the same question that you and I are challenged to ask ourselves today. Am I a sheep? Am I a goat? I think the answer lies within a deeper question. Are we truly paying attention to our lives? Are we truly paying attention to our lives? Because here's the heart of the matter, and I wonder if you noticed this. In our gospel reading this morning, both groups, the sheep and the goats alike, did not realize in the moment that the poor and the lonely and the needy and the forgotten of the world represented Jesus. Both of them seem to have totally missed that connection. Now, the righteous sheep are not acknowledged for recognizing Jesus in the poor, for seeing him in the hungry, for regarding him among prisoners, because, well, they didn't. They simply saw people in need, and they served them. They treated all those folks with compassion and with dignity and with love, living their lives of faith the way that they always had, focused on gratitude for God's grace and the concerns of others rather than on themselves and their own particular needs. Now, according to Jesus, those were not the actions of the other group, the goats, who apparently failed to offer any kind of ministry or care. And in this account, they're kind of upset about this judgment. And I think we can see why they would ask Jesus, the king, a few counter questions like, when did we ignore you, Lord? And Jesus replies, you did it every time you ignored them. And then, well, how are we supposed to know, Lord? If we'd known it had been you all all along, we would have acted differently, of course. I think we can understand that kind of feeling. Perhaps there's some grown woman out there who years ago was very unkind to Taylor Swift in the middle school lunchroom. If only she had known, right? So if they asked Jesus why he didn't reveal himself, I think his reply would have been like this. You didn't have to know it was me all along. 
The righteous didn't know either. It should have been enough to simply realize and acknowledge that this other person in front of you was a human being with dignity created in my image. If you had known no more than that, it would have been enough. So I believe that is our challenge today, as much as anyone else's in the whole world, to reflect how often do we see the true humanity, the, the very image of God in every other person we encounter? And then when do we remind ourselves of that fundamental basic identity in those without power, those who seem to have been forgotten? Are we paying attention? Or are we giving ourselves at times cultural permission to lump those people into labels or into categories, because when that happens, then sooner or later, we start to forget that those people behind those labels really are people, God's very images among us. I read recently about a creative and unusual spiritual discipline. Next time you're at a busy airport, if you have time, just sit down somewhere and watch. Watch the people go by. Maybe you already do this while you're waiting for your flight. So you know then what you'll probably see, that harried mother with the fussy little children, someone running late, scrambling down the concourse, short of breath, an older couple walking and slowly holding hands, tempers, frustrations, impatience, and lots and lots of people these days looking down at their phones. Eventually, you'll see just about everything. So here's the spiritual part. Choose each person that you notice and think to yourself, Jesus died for him. Jesus died for her. Jesus died for that stressed out looking father and that eyeball rolling te teenager over there. Christ pointedly reminds us today that each one of them, each one of us, somewhere under all of this exterior stuff is made in the likeness and the image of God. Now, I have to admit to you, it's not hard to look down at little Alden here and see the image of God. That's pretty easy, right? Or maybe the person sitting next to us, harder with a stranger, perhaps hardest of all, though, when you look in the mirror. So if that's true, then I hope you'll hear these words differently today as you prepare to come to the altar. Take this in remembrance that Christ died for you and feed on him in your hearts, and by faith, and with thanksgiving. Jesus died for you, and for you, and for you, and for you, for all of us. Thanksgiving, indeed. So if we take today's gospel seriously, and more or less at face value, then let's follow the cautionary words of St. Francis to preach the gospel at all times, and if necessary, use words, but at the same time, let's remember in all of what we are talking about today that our salvation comes from the loving grace of God and not by our works, not for a minute by anything that we do. Jesus, who speaks to us today, knows that. It's his good news after all. But Jesus also expects us to see that the intentional faith and the undeserved salvation that comes from God's grace and love can't help but change our hearts change our minds, our sense of gratitude and mission and purpose. The revelation of that kind of grace can open our eyes to all kinds of things 
that we might otherwise overlook and give us remarkable power if, excuse me, if we're paying attention. Paul says it so well today. With the eyes of your heart enlightened, may you know what is the hope to which Christ has called you. What are the riches of his glorious inheritance among the saints? And what is the immeasurable greatness of his power for us who believe according to the working of his great power? Truly, that kind of power, that kind of grace can offer us even now a beautiful preview toward the end, the end of all things. Let's make no mistake, though, today's gospel is serious business. But actually, it's nothing different than what we stand together and say every single week. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. So then, with thankful hearts, let us use the power Christ has placed within us to do his work here on earth for all of his beloved children, knowing joyfully that one day, if we ask the question, Lord, when did we see you? Christ's answer will most likely be, when did you not see me? Amen.